0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. We are simulcasting on the Locked On NFL and Peacock and Williamson feeds. Don't forget, go right now, pause this show, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson podcast if you have not done so, because as of Friday, we will no longer be on this Locked On NFL feed. Brian Peacock, you can find me at BD Peacock on Twitter, Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. A very special guest today. The biggest story in the league right now, Alvin Kamara. Is he on the trade block? I've seen reports up to four teams have made contact already with the Saints about their star running back. So let's get to the bottom of this story with the host of Locked On Saints, Ross Jackson. You can find him on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. Ross, I mean, I mean, come on, Ross. You're, you're kind of a big deal here at the network now. You've got a lot of other duties behind the scenes that maybe folks don't see, but it really helps out the network. So thank you for that stuff. And thank you for joining us today on the new Peacock and Williamson slash Locked on the NFL podcast, which you're going to be a part of very soon.
1: Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of fun things going on over here at the network. Very grateful to be able to be a part of it from uh, multiple different angles and just grateful that I get to work with uh, such wonderful, wonderful, talented folks, uh, including and uh, such as you guys and all of the fantastic work that you're doing here on this show and beyond. So uh, I appreciate that very much, but uh, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with y'all.
0: <laughs> For those of you who don't know what's going on, this is the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show, which has its very own feed. So you need to go subscribe to that feed to get this show starting Friday, We're actually not going to be on the Locked On NFL channel anymore. Right now being simulcast both on Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson feed. But you'll be hearing Ross Jackson on the old Locked On NFL feed. It's it's a really revamped situation. Every day is going to be different hosts from the network. And Ross, you're going to be on Tuesdays with Luke Braun, right? And then also having a little fantasy twist to those Tuesdays?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So it'll be Luke from Locked On Vikings and I every Tuesday going over the biggest stories, recapping the Monday night games, looking ahead to the weekend just having some fun uh, and then the third segment uh, will be joined by a fantasy expert to go through and talk a little bit about you know what we learned from the previous weekend waiver wire pickups uh, everything you need to be watching as you come over the hump there into the middle of the week and start preparing for your upcoming fantasy football week as you get closer and closer to your championship uh, because you know we're going to help you get there we're gonna do everything we can to help
0: you get there so, <laughs> well uh, and was- It's all very exciting. And Ross, you and Luke also involved in our Locked On Network Dynasty League startup that the draft started today, in fact. I had the second pick. It's a two-quarterback league, so I'm going with the QB. I've got Patrick Mahomes there. Matt, what do you think about my selection of Patrick Mahomes, two-quarterback Dynasty League with the number two overall selection in the draft? Who went first? I got to know that part. Uh, It went Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, Uh, Lamar Jackson.
2: I think you got to do that too. I mean, like obviously McCaffrey has a ton of value, but in a two quarterback league and when buys hit and injuries, I mean, you're probably going to have five on your roster. Mahomes Mm -hmm. makes a ton of sense. Uh, I mean, I think he's, he would probably be my one, one.
1: Yeah. That's
0: I
2: had, I I had
1: surprised not to see him go at the top.
0: I had the two quarterbacks back to back. And then after that, it was McCaffrey and Barkley. So those four in some order, I think are the right order. But when you're talking dynasty and it's like, man, in three years, those two quarterbacks are still going to be, you know, ideally and theoretically reaching their prime. Christian McCaffrey might start to be pretty washed up in three years. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the life of an NFL running back.
2: Brian, remind us tomorrow, because I'm really curious how many quarterbacks go after Mahomes and before you pick again. I bet there's like 10 gone.
0: That's going to be interesting. And to be honest with you, I don't know how close some of these folks have looked at the settings either. So I know at least one person, James Rapine, who's going to be involved with Locked On NFL, was like, oh, you just took a quarterback second overall because it's two quarterbacks. I'm glad you did that. So now I know this is a two-quarterback league.
2: (laughs) Well, you said... I'm not sure you 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 kind of got off of the skin of your teeth, though. Didn't you say you found out, like, a couple minutes before?
0: I double-checked at midnight last night because I knew the draft was starting okay. today, and I wanted to make sure, you know, it was a, it's a half-point PPR, and I wanted to make sure I knew all of the rules, and I saw two quarterback spots on my roster, and I double-checked with Luke. I was like, oh, wait, this is a two-quarterback league. Okay, that is a very good thing to know before I go into this draft.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So everybody out there, go Speaking look at your fantasy, league settings. Though. Yeah, go ahead, man.
2: Speaking of fantasy, there is a saint in the news. Ooh,
0: this is a big story. Yeah, we got to get into this, Ross. Alvin Kamara, maybe a trade candidate. It sounds like maybe cooler heads or, I mean, I don't know actually what's happening behind the scenes. Could it, could it have really happened in real time as it seemed yesterday? It was like, oh my gosh, teams are reaching out. Maybe Alvin Kamara is not going to be able to get a deal done. He wants a new contract. He's not going to show up and he's going to get traded. And then by the end of the day, I was like, oh, he's going to come and everything's okay. Maybe we'll... T- We'll find out there's a new deal on the horizon. What's actually going on with Alvin Kamara? And the Saints?
1: <laughs> I'm so glad that you asked. Um, you know, it, it's a really interesting situation. So we, we should start off with the Saints and Alvin Kamara are continuing to work ahead towards landing a long term deal to keep Alvin Kamara, at least for the foreseeable future in New Orleans as the New Orleans Saints running back uh, in the black and gold. However many different ways I can think to say it, I'm going to say it. Um, That is what the primary goal is right now for both the player and for the team at this point. The thing that we have to realize about the report that came out, and it's not that the report wasn't correct. The report is accurate. The Saints are open to trading Alvin Kamara if they can't reach a long term deal. But the fact of the matter is that that shouldn't really be that shocking because this is what we see around the NFL all the time and around several leagues. In fact, New Orleans just saw it not too long ago with a guy like Anthony Davis to where the team was willing to move him because they felt like they weren't going to be able to retain him. So for the case of the Saints, if they felt like they were going to be able to move Alvin Kamara for anything better than a third round pick in 2022, then it would be the right choice if they can't get him settled in with a long term deal. That's all that that report really was saying. But it got, you know, we, we, when you see the words trade and then a superstar player next to them in a tweet, then it's going to end up causing a big frenzy, just like it did yesterday. At this point, as we look at it on Wednesday, Alvin Kamara has returned to practice. He was at practice. Sean Payton confirmed after practice in his presser with us that he, you know, acknowledged that they are working on a long term extension. They're trying to keep New Orleans, uh, trying to keep Alvin Kamara in New Orleans. Their plan is for him to be in the game plan less than a you know just a, oh a little bit over a week uh, from today. Once we round it out, eleven days from now to September thirteenth, when the uh, when the Saints kick off in Week One. So it, it was an interesting situation to kind of watch the flurry of things happen, but it was a lot of immediate reaction, and it, it was something a little bit out of the ordinary for New Orleans Saints fans that were watching because we don't often see the Saints negotiate through media we don't often see the public negotiation or the public leveraging take place so I think that that's one of the reasons why this ended up getting so blown out of proportion is because it's something that doesn't often happen for New Orleans but it was never really a we are looking actively to trade Alvin Kamara approach it was always a yeah they're open to it if they can't land on a long-term deal but right now the long-term deal is the priority
2: All right, Ross, real quick on that. And just when the headlines came out or, oh, he might get traded immediately, I'm like, no way. That does just not (laughs) pass the sniff test at all. And my logic behind it was really over the last five years or so, I would say the Saints have been the most in it to win it team, live for today, franchise in the entire league. And this year, Has to be at least that aggressive, if not more, especially if it's last, it's Drew Brees's last year in the league. So, a guy that is instrumental to you possibly winning the Super Bowl, he's not leaving town.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. There's no way that the Saints would put themselves in that situation. Could they deal with it? Could they work around it? Yes, if they needed to, they absolutely could. But it's certainly not a situation in which they are, you know, in any type of position to where they feel like you know, this is the right choice to make or or anything like that. Like like the priority is going to be to keep him there. And you look at the the intent of trying to get a long-term deal done. Some of it also comes down to the fact of what does life look like for the Saints post Drew Brees? What would be the best friend for, you know, a Taysom Hill, a Jameis Winston, an option C or an option D? And it's going to be having that outlet out of the backfield that they can rely on like an Alvin Kamara. He fits today in the win now, but he also fits tomorrow and moving forward for this team.
0: Okay, more to get into with this Alvin Kamara situation and the New Orleans Saints. I want to talk about the rest of the offense and the other side of the ball that gets overlooked a lot in New Orleans. Coming up with Ross Jackson. Are you a do-it-yourselfer like me? Then rockauto.com is your place. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com is also a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything, jumper cables, which is what I need. Man, I i wanted to help somebody whose car had died, and I stopped, pull over, go to my trunk. I have a, a newer car. I haven't needed to jump anything with it. I don't have jumper cables in there. I just thought, oh, you know what? I probably got some jumper cables in the back. Did not have jumper cables. Something you always need, whether it's for your car or uh, somebody else you need to help out on the road. So that's the number one thing I'll be looking for at rockauto.com. But if you need brake pads, if you need motor oil, they have what you need at rockauto.com. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us Box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. If Kamara doesn't get a new contract before the season kicks off, is he going to play? That's the question I have right now. And for those drafting in those fantasy leagues, he's probably at worst the number four overall selection in most standard leagues. And I do have him on a keeper league roster, and he's such an impactful player, but. Around the league, running backs aren't the most valuable thing for winning games and for teams. We saw the Saints do Mm -hmm. fine without Alvin Kamara last year. They were better with him than without him, as you would expect. But you can win games without a top-tier running back. right? If you are the Saints, do you play hardball and say, look, man, we're we're just not going to go over $12 million a year because it doesn't make sense on any level, even after Drew Brees, to pay a running back that much, as good as the running back is. And if you're Kamara, you should absolutely be asking for something a little bit closer to what Christian McCaffrey's making at $16 million per year. But does a deal have to get done with Kamara either in New Orleans or with another team before the season kicks off?
1: I honestly think that when it comes down to the Saints, there's no reason for them to feel like they have to rush into getting this contract done. They should take their time getting it negotiated. And then uh, with the comfort of the fact that for Alvin Kamara, like the push here is that he's a running back. So he has to get his money when he can get his money. That is the big thing for him and his agents and his team. Next year's not promised to him. We saw just last year that he dealt with the knee injury, the ankle injury, a little bit of a back injury, all this other stuff that he was dealing with all throughout the season. We know how quickly the wear and tear can set in. So he should be working to get every bit of cash and every bit of money he can get right now, whether it's through APY or whether it's through guarantees. And so it's no surprise to see them go for that. But for the Saints and from their perspective, they have all the leverage here behind him. They have Latavius Murray and Ty Montgomery, two formidable enough running backs where they can still run the offense that they want to run. They still have Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, even Taysom Hill to an extent. They have so many different weapons over on that offense that if something were to go sideways, the Saints can still very much be in good shape. Yes, as you mentioned, and I agree, they're going to be better with him than without him. But if for any reason they need to move on, what they don't need to do is rush into something that they don't want in terms of the long-term, big-time, expensive running back contract based on the fact that they run the risk of being absolutely – demoralized or deteriorate or or deteriorating if they no longer have him. So I think that his intent from the very beginning and what he has told us is that and and told media is that he has no intent in holding out. He has every intent on being in practice and every intent of playing. And so even if he doesn't get another contract here, the leverage is very much in the Saints favor. And I, I think there's a good chance that you would see him go out there and still try to perform the best that he could in 2020 in the best interest of trying to get either another contract elsewhere or earn his contract after the season.
2: As, as great as Michael Thomas is, the discrepancy from Thomas to the other wide receivers last year in targets and receptions was startling, to say the least.
1: If grotesque. Not
2: <laughs> grotesque. I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. Absurd. And I think we all like the Manny Sanders pickup, and that makes a lot of sense. I think he fits the scheme really well. But with, do you still think Kamara is the second leading receiver on this team next year, if we assume health?
1: I think so. I mean, you see he's got exactly 81 catches over the last three years, which is kind of wild. I believe that he has more 81-yard catches than anyone, exactly hitting 81, than anyone in his career. And he did it in the first three seasons, which is kind (laughs) of wild. And so you look at him still being, for me, the number two receiver. Um, And then, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, the sort of – over under for him at catches is set at 50. I think if he doesn't get 50 catches this year, that would be something has gone terribly wrong if yeah. that's the case. Um, So I think that he will get up there in terms of that number, you know, that third leading receiver conversation, but he'll certainly be the second option at, at wide receiver for sure. Um, and then you also have to factor in Jared Cook there, who's going to get a lot of targets and, and, you know, as, as much of a rhythm, that Cook and uh, and Breeze got into at the end of last season, you want to see them pick that up this year. And so you have a lot of options there, but I still think Alvin Kamara on the field in 2020, assuming and and very likely, uh, you still, I think, will see him be the number two guy in terms of receiving behind, or let me say in terms of targets and in terms of catches, okay. behind uh, Michael Thomas, because they're still going to lean on, on that game plan for sure. Yeah, it works. Mm -hmm.
0: Ross you mentioned a little something there about the quarterbacks in the future post Drew Brees and I I do want to get a little bit more into the NFC South and this season but looking ahead you said options A B whether it's uh, Taysom Hill or I mean C and D seem like a lot better options than A and B to me right like the next quarterback (laughs) of the future for the New Orleans Saints is not on the roster currently or is Taysom Hill really that guy I mean what through six passes last year?
1: Yeah. And three of them, two of them came on fake punts. And one of them came on this weird end around that just definitely did not work. And so (laughs) even when they are allowing him to throw the ball, it's not always in a take the snap from the center and sit back in the pocket and play Drew Brees offense. I think that Taysom Hill gives you some very exciting things that might be able to be introduced to this offense. But we also know what this offense since, since Sean Payton and Drew Brees came in in 2006 looks like and the way that it works we we're just talking about how like with alvin Kamara, targeting him out of the backfield works or targeting him you know lining him up in the slot lining him up out wide all of that works so to me you're looking for i would be looking for a quarterback that allows them to continue to run sean payton's system without you know widespread changes taking place you know you've built a mobile offensive line, which is great for your run game, but is it built in such a way that it, you know, sustains a mobile quarterback? There's so many different little intricate pieces that have to go into that shift. And for me, if there's going to be one of the two Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston that are kind of the quote unquote right option to take over this offense, to me, Jameis Winston is a better fit than Taysom Hill, but Jameis Winston still has a lot of improving to do over on his end as well with decision-making, with uh, you know uh, ball placement, with just, just all the things that we have heard great things about from him in terms of camp, but we've also seen him struggle a little bit in camp just like we've seen Taysom Hill. So there does have to be some acknowledgement of a free agency option and a draft option for the Saints in terms of getting the appropriate quarterback that's going to fit for the future in terms of what they want to be able to do after Drew Brees
2: that's all extremely well said and i agree with all of it and this isn't even saints related it's more winston related Mm -hmm. but i think what he did to come here even for one year even if he doesn't stick around and is the answer going forward will bear tremendous fruit for him i mean i think it's a Mm -hmm. super smart career move
1: yeah i agree i mean look the guy said he wanted to go to new orleans and you know attend the harvard of quarterbacks and certainly uh he he has the access to do that between uh, you know, just working with Drew Brees, period, but also working with Pete Carmichael, working with right. Greg McMahon, working with uh, working with, of course, Sean Payton. There's so many great options for him in terms of what he's able to do and what he's able to develop into uh, there. Uh, Joe Lombardi, excuse me, as well at the quarterback coach. And so there's so many great options for him in terms of developing that even if he doesn't end up the starter in New Orleans, he should get another look next year as he enters free agency because he's not on contract with the Saints, but for this year. And so, you know, he should get another option and he should get looks next year based upon what it is. But I think that the best possible case scenario for the Saints is that no one gets an eye gets to lay their eyes on Jameis Winston at all during the season. He improves, you know, and shows that he can be a better decision maker, that he can fix all of these things that the Saints want to fix and that he himself has identified that he wants to fix as well. And that, uh, you know, Drew Brees rides off into the sunset and maybe that opens up the the possibility of Jameis Winston, who already knows the system, who already knows the language, who already has established a rapport with the coaching staff and the players who love him, uh, that he ends up going in there. But he has a lot to prove before that becomes, you know, a said and done sort of end all be all deal.
2: Maybe no preseason helps the Saints cause in that regard. It was a huge, huge benefit for the Saints. Yeah. I, mean,
1: I know that a lot of I know a lot of people were disappointed that they didn't get to see you know uh, Taysom Hill. I have to be very careful because in Saints media we keep calling them together. We keep calling them Tamas, and so anytime that <laughs> I go to say Taysom's name, I always say Tamas. Oh, I love it uh, You know, and they're not at all similar. Team. But, but right, right, no, not one bit, not one bit. And uh, <laughs> you know, people were a little upset that they didn't get to see them kind of go up against one another, work with first, second, third teams during preseason. But honestly, it's a benefit for the Saints, especially up against the cap situation that the NFL is going to be running into next year with that lowest cap potential at one hundred and seventy five million dollars when teams were planning on, you know, two hundred and fifteen or so. That's going to be pretty big for for them to be able to maybe work James Winston into a team friendly deal that maybe grows in incentives after the year because no one has seen him and no one ideally will see him in twenty twenty either.
0: What about the LASIK surgery? Any reports on his eyesight in camp?
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he, you've seen him uh, sort of in camp doing a lot less of the squinting, a lot, a lot less of having to really search. Uh, but I think that one of the big things that has really benefited him from that is that his, his, you know, of course, his vision is better. But now it just comes down to making sure that like the decision making process, the, the, the processing what's happening on the field. And one of the things that a lot of Saints players have observed, particularly Jared Cook, the tight end, is that Jameis... His timing is very different than Drew Brees. Drew Brees doesn't have the same type of ball velocity that Jameis Winston has. So the timing is very different because Jameis can wait a little bit longer and then still bullet a pass into a tight window, whereas uh, receivers are a little bit more accustomed to turning and seeing Drew Brees throwing at a certain time or expecting the ball re- to be in a certain place at a certain time. It's really those more intricate sorts of details that are going to be the difference between getting Jameis Winston ready as a potential air apparent option, I'll say, for the Saints moving forward. A big one right
0: out of the gate for the New Orleans Saints. They're hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is that defense ready to go against the new Tampa Bay Bucks? Ross will answer that question next on Peacock and Williamson.
2: Breeze is like the best anticipatory thrower mm-hmm. really of this generation. I mean, of it comes out on time, if not a tick early. It's remarkable. They turn around the balls there and that makes up for velocity issues. Where Jameis, like most, but to a stronger degree, is a see it, then throw it guy, you know, and yeah. he muscles it in there and get and you have to have a big arm to do that. But I kind of did a study over the offseason, and the, the the degree of difficulty that Winston was asked last year versus Breeze was The total opposite spectrum, 180. Like one was asked to do the hardest throws in the league and one was asked to do the easiest throws in the league. So I'm really curious how that works for him. I think, again, it's going to be a real benefit to Winston. He's going to realize that life's a little easier in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the offensive line certainly helps to I mean, the Saints focus on the O-line and giving him time to make those reads, find the easiest, or or let me say find the, uh, usually we say the path of least resistance, I'll call it the pass of least resistance that the Saints try to to create in the Saints offense. All those things are going to be sort of welcome adjustments for him should he get an opportunity.
0: Ross, I've been of the opinion that the Saints have the best roster top to bottom in the NFL, and obviously Michael Thomas and Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara get all the headlines in New Orleans, but what is the outlook for that 2020 Saints defense.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of excitement around the defense right now. I'll say on paper, they're a very, very good defense at all three levels. Uh, maybe the, the biggest question mark continues to be the second level at linebacker. Kiko Alonso is still currently on the physically unable to perform list. He was the guy that was sort of expected to step in the A.J. Klein starting role from last season. A.J. Klein, of course, departing to the Bills. But linebacker Zach Bond came in out of Wisconsin and then immediately took over that same linebacker role in the starting lineup right away at the top of camp. Although he's missed a couple of practices now with injuries, so the injury concerns, the health concerns at the linebacker level, still feel like something that are uh, kind of gives you pause a bit. But when you look at the defensive line, they'll return a defensive line that was very productive last season. A healthier Sheldon Rankins, after getting his his uh, foot deformity taken care of, everything that was going on with him, he is in a much better place. He is looking a lot more like 2018 Rankins, who was extremely productive for the team. He's looking great so far here during camp. And the secondary greatly improved. I know they lost Von Bell, but they fill in with a good leader, communicator, veteran like Malcolm Jenkins. And then lining up Janoris Jenkins opposite Marshawn Lattimore is a huge boost over Eli Apple and Ken Crawley, who the Saints have I'll say tolerated over the past couple of years. And so I think that the Saints defense on paper is in a very, very good place, all led by, of course, Cam Jordan and Demario Davis. Now it's just about putting it all together and seeing the, the pros, the progress on the field. But one of the big things they're really looking forward to is particularly with the addition of Janoris Jenkins and some veteran presence in that secondary is being able to play a lot more press man coverage getting in the face of receivers, getting a little bit more physical and buying the defensive line a little bit more time to get after quarterbacks as well. And all of that should allow them to follow up on what was a 50 plus sack season last year. So they can continue to be a very uh, active, a very active team in the backfield.
2: Maybe this is taking it too far, but I have our, our lad's depth charts here and I'm looking at this defense and I know where it is, but. They've got 15 guys that all deserve a lot of snaps on defense. And, you know, you're talking about Bond and more press man coverage. Bond's such a good blitzer and edge rusher, too. Mm -hmm. And Davis is a good blitzer. I think they'll generate a lot of pressure. They have some run stuffers. They have versatile defensive backs. You know, Gardner Johnson and adding Malcolm Jenkins, who's done everything and has played tons of snaps over the last handful of years. Could they be better on defense than offense? That's like hard. I can't believe it came out of my mouth.
1: I know. It's such a weird question to ask about the New Orleans Saints in particular, right? Yeah. Um, It's an interesting thing. I mean, I think that that offense is still going to be high octane and very, very good. Don't get me wrong. But this defense has the potential in terms of its personnel. And I'll continue to clarify on paper because I think that there's going to be some, you know, we're going to see some weak defensive play probably at the beginning of the season for most teams across the NFL particularly in tackling without a preseason. So there's going to be a lot of variables here, but you know, the defense could potentially be affected by how, how productive the offense is. How often are they on the field? How, how long do they get off the field? Things like that, as we've always seen, but this defense has the potential to be top five across multiple categories, which Alex Anzalone, starting middle linebacker, said was the goal for the Saints defense this year. They were certainly very close, not very far off last year in most categories at all, if you look at the, if you look at the raw numbers versus just the rankings. And so I, I do think that this defense has the potential to be very, very good and finally give this offense the, the opposite side that it's looked for for quite some time.
0: Ross, real quick, the last question I have about that Saints defense is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Where exactly is he going to play? I thought the Saints stole him. I can't believe he's still there in the fourth round in the 2019 draft, and he can do a little bit of Mm -hmm. everything. So is he just going to
1: line up everywhere,
0: or is there a specific role you see for him?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting thing watching him. Um, Just for for note, he has uh, adjusted his name once more to uh, C.D. Deuce now so he is also going by a different name (laughs) yeah right so from chauncey gardner jr to chauncey gardner johnson to cj gardner johnson and now he's at cd deuce um and we'll see what goes on there but uh yeah i think that aaron glenn and sorry secondary coach aaron glenn as well as defensive coordinator dennis allen have both noted that you're going to see him in the slot a lot and so you'll see him Malcolm Jenkins, and even PJ Williams, who all have versatility from the slot and at the safety position, they're all going to get a lot of snaps at a lot of different places and give a lot of different looks to the defense. Another note that I'll put in there too about another versatile player, Zach Bond. to go back to him for just a second. If he gets that start at the Sam linebacker position, the Saints love their nickel sets. It's essentially their base set. And so they take the Sam linebacker off. And in those instances during training camp, they've been rotating him into a pass rusher role. So you'll be able to look for him to continue to capitalize on the skill that he brought into the NFL and fortified at Wisconsin with the Badgers as a pass rusher, even if he is starting at an off-ball linebacker position.
2: Ross, my lesson for you is: I'm not on top of this with all 32 teams and 50 states. Mm-hmm. Is Louisiana allowing fans in the stands or not? Because I think that's really big deal for. The crowd noise we're accustomed to from that, you know, your yeah. your, your organization. And side note, I think empty domes are going to be eerie as could be.
1: It's, it's very strange. It's very, yeah. very weird. You're absolutely right. So they did just actually update this just yesterday. Um, the first game of the season, there will be no fans. So up against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they will welcome them into a hollow dome. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to week three, where they'll be hosting the Green Bay Packers, if, this, uh, if that's not more great action to start off the rest of the season, what, they're, what the Saints have looked at doing is limited capacity that's based upon season ticket holders that don't choose to opt out before the opt-out deadline. They'll put those season ticket holders on a two or three group rotation and then rotate those groups in and out over the the home games starting with week three and moving forward. And in a portion of that, if there are any seats available, we'll go as single ticket purchases available first two season ticket holders. So it's going to be limited capacity, but they're not operating off of a certain percentage. They're probably going to end up well under most percentages and they're going to lean a little bit more to their season subscriber base. Hmm, okay.
0: And that week one matchup. Yeah, that will be weird an empty stadium Buccaneers at saints, a tone setting game for the NFC South. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that one. Ross Jackson. Appreciate the time, man. Everyone can find Ross on Twitter at Ross Jackson, Nola, and make sure you stay subscribed to locked on NFL here, Ross and Luke Tuesdays on the new Locked On NFL. And don't forget to subscribe to the new feed of Peacock and Williamson. Ross, thank you so much for the time, man. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for welcoming me on. Always a blast talking with you guys.
0: Tuesdays are definitely going to be a must listen on the new Locked On NFL with Ross and co-host Luke Braun. Matt and I will be back here tomorrow on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show.